Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. Hi, I'm really pleased to be joined today by Steve Smith. Steve's from Sphere Risk Health and Safety Management. Sphere are your partner in safety. They were founded 15 years ago from Steve's bedroom office and are now based in Lynchwood, Peterborough and have a team of eight staff. They look after the health and safety on many large building projects as well as national events too. Steve and his son Edward also founded the Peterborough Biscuit. This is an exhibition based in Peterborough at the East of England Arena that runs annually around February. It has now become the biggest business event in the East of England. It got so big two years ago with over 300 exhibitors, they actually had to scale back following feedback that there were just too many exhibitors to visit in only one day. Steve has demonstrated all of the six traits he talks about today, including vision and mission to reach your end goal, asking can we do things better, a business model that's robust and stable, easy to understand and visible key performance indicators, monitoring an internal audit, reviewing and updating process and goals. You can listen more now. joining me Steve we're uh, observing all social distancing uh, requirements oh, in your COVID office COVID-19 yin yang all the way up mate <laughs> so we're sat here in um, in Sphere Risk Health and Safety Management's training room uh, in Lynchwood fantastic facility here all geared up ready for social distancing um, so I really appreciate you agreeing to meet me Steve thank you very much it's oh, a pleasure we're going to be talking through Steve Steve's half dozen things for success you'll have just heard about from me, uh, bio on Steve about all the, all his successes and uh, and what have you. So I'm really really excited to be joined by you today. One of your your first area that you uh, say is uh, is an important area for us to consider as business owners and as professionals, and that's vision and mission to reach an end goal. So could you just explain a bit more about that for me, please, Steve? Yeah. So so the the whole thing and and I didn't get this for the first sort of three or four years when I run my business. So I started as a technician, um, mechanical electrical engineer, um, got into health and safety um, because we had an accident on site and was asked to do it by the senior management team and then thought, oh, you know, I like this, I might try this myself. So I went out on my own, worked out of the back bedroom in, in my house, grew my client list, quite happy really, yeah, right up until a friend of mine said, I'm, I'm, I want to retire. I've got quite a lot of clients, can you take them on? And I couldn't because I, I didn't have uh, the capacity. So my end goal at that point was to just toddle along nicely. But as you get a bit older, 
or as you become more focused in business, you start to realise that your end goal is really important. Because if I was to say to you, I'd like to go to a fish and chip shop, you know, are you going to drive around in your car until you stumble over one? <laughs> but if I said I want to go to a fish and chip shop somewhere in Peterborough, you might go, oh, we need to be in Peterborough. If, if I want to go to a fish and chip shop in Hampton, then again, you know, and, and if I could actually name the road, I would go there directly. Of course. So to have an end goal, even even if that end goal is only three to five years down the road, is really important because what it does is it, it means that you can make really good decisions based on your end goal. Of course. Now, your vision and your mission, um, from my point of view, my vision is really easy. I, I want people to understand health and safety and bring it into their working environment so people go home every night and do not get injured or do not get ill health. That's my vision and it should be easy to understand. Of course. And my mission is to do that all over the country. Of course. So those two, aligned with my end goal, means that I can make really simple, pragmatic business decisions based on some really well-planted facts, which means that I, the business decisions for me are really easy to make. Of course. And that, that vision is really meaningful as well. It isn't just about going out and making as much money as I possibly can, for example. It is about people and it's about the, the value that you're delivering that they get to go home. Yeah, and, you know, if you can make things easy for people to understand, and, and we all work in industries where jargon is prevalent, you know, so I don't call things display screen equipment. I'll call them computers, you know, or monitors. Yeah. Because that's what we need to know about, and that's what we understand. So, you know, from my point of view, it is all about keeping people safe. You know, I've, uh, when I did my apprenticeship at British Sugar... There was three or four people killed and we had multiple injuries, some of them really, really serious. And, you know, everything that they, they did on that site was trying to keep people safe. Yeah, absolutely. And with your, with, with your mission, have you decided what the end goal will be for you and Sphere? Is there, is there something specific that you want to achieve overall? Well, our, our, our end goal is not just based on one thing. It's based on two or three things. So it's, it's not, you know, I want a million pound in the bank or, you know, I want 27 offices throughout the UK. It isn't that because that might not be achievable. You know, in January, our, our mission this year was quite achievable. Mm-hmm. Now, in the middle of COVID-19, that mission's had to be changed. Yeah, because not only now do we need to talk to people in a location, we need to actually turn around and think about how do we get the message out there. So we're using different types of media that we never even thought about in January to get that out there. So again, sometimes something happens and you have to say, yep, I understand that, and then move it forward. So being flexible in the way that you apply it is, is a really important thing. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that, that sort of led on to the, the next sort of question on that is, has that evolved or, or do you see that, that sort of tweaking? And I suppose now's an ideal time to really consider that with COVID-19. There's going to be a lot of business owners out there who are reconsidering their approach and what their outcomes are. Yeah, and, and you have to be pragmatic and realistic about things. If you're stuck in, this, if you're stuck in one place and you're finding it difficult to move is because you need to open your mind. So every time I hear the word can't, I actually hear the word can because it's people stopping you. Now, that might be you. It might be your 
top employee. It might be somebody close to you, but, you know, we can't do this. Well, we can do it. How do we do it? You know, and it's that whole thing. We, we need to we need to take away those words that are holding us back. And, and as I've gone through my business career, from knowing nothing about business to knowing a little bit, I'm by no means a, a business sage or anything like that, you start to realise that it's you. Yeah. It's you. You know, it's no good blaming the government. It's no good blaming the European Union. It's no good. It's you. You drive your, your toy train, which is your business, in the way that you want to do it. It's nobody else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and no, no one can really guide you. There, there's a lot of... And, and this was the purpose behind the podcast, really, because there's a lot of gurus out there or self-proclaimed gurus who believe they know everything. And actually, the reality is is that we don't. We just we know our truth. We know what, what, what it is that we're looking to do. And there's lots of people telling telling you how to do things, but actually living and, and adjusting is, is really the best way. And actually, that draws me on to the second point really well, which is around how can we do things better? So how, how do we do things better? How, how do you decide what needs to be done better, Steve? So I'm quite, a, I'm quite sort of focused on I only want to do a thing once yeah if i can do it once and i can do it properly then from my point of view that's what i want to do and that can be in anything but i want to do it to the best that we can do it so um in the 1950s a guy called deming who who was actually like the father of quality iso 9001 things like that he said that the client won't worry too much about the time as long as they get a really good product okay yeah and, and so I've taken that on. You know, we do a lot of things on time. We do some things which we can't achieve in a time frame. So we always tell the client and we always give them an expectation of when he can receive that. And I find that that works. Yeah. So, so we want to do things better. How do we do things better? Well, the first thing is by actually looking at what you're doing at the moment and asking yourself, is this the best way to do things? Of course. You know, do we, uh, do we need to buy some equipment or some systems or processes that will actually make it better for us yeah and if we can get a better product out in a shorter time frame then it will pay for itself and it might not be pay for itself within three or four weeks but over an 18 month two year period it will do that um, and we've got nationally accredited training certification from IOSH and we look not to recoup the profits on that or the costs on that in the first year because we know full well that you know if we did that that we'd, we'd, we'd change our business model and it would it would impair on on our clients so you know will it help our clients yes will it improve our service yes will we get the money back on it over a period of time yes will it make the business better yes got you so I take I take a long-term approach to things yeah and I play, I play the long game on quite a lot of things that actually makes the business very stable. Of course, of course. And that's, that's a fantastic approach. And I suppose that thought process around investment as well leads in, because essentially as a business, you then practice what you preach because ideally you're, you're, the clients you're choosing to work with will be ones who, who take a similar approach and take a long-term approach to the investment in the welfare of their people. And, and I guess that, that leads on well to training services and, and, and offering support both internally and to, and to your clients too. Yeah, so, so when we take consultants on and I've been fortunate to grow the business to where we've we've got sort of eight people in it now 
um, the consultants, it's at least a 12 or 16 week training program because they will understand from a health and safety point what they need to do. But they won't understand from a health and safety point of view how we do it. And what I find is lots of companies don't do enough training. You know, they don't map out what training those people need. They don't actually turn around and go back to them and ask them if they need the support to do that. So um, we do everything on, on a, a, like a mind map system. We go through all the processes and procedures um, with them, how we go out to clients, how we service those clients. So we've got quite a lot of I-forms, excuse me, really efficient and getting them to do it. And, and I use a, a, you know, a, a one, two, three a, a approach on this uh, where it's sort of I'll go out with them and show them how to do it. They can then feedback. We'll do it together. We'll have feedback. They can do it. I'll watch them. We have feedback. And then they go out and do one on their own. So for me, it's about getting them confident and comfortable with using the systems and processes. Uh, and that's a, that's a great way to ensure that you are doing things better all the time as well, especially with that having mind having a mindset around getting feedback all the time and, and then also giving feedback as well. Um, one of the one of the sub points you make around can we do things better is about being consistent and clear and making things easy for people to understand. Um, would you be able to just explain that a bit more, please, Steve? Yeah. So so if we, if we um, if we think about the perception of health and safety, the perception is that it's going to stop me working. When in reality, if you do health and safety right, you, you make massive cost savings in the long run. Now, yes, there is a short upfront cost because there is in training and education. But long term, it's you, you have a massive a bounce back from that cost. So being consistent in the training, in the message yeah, to people, if, if we put a system in for you, it won't be gold plated. It will be tailored to your business. Yeah, it will be something that you can feed back on and help uh, develop a model. You know, we will give you training so you understand what you need to do. Yeah, and then from there, if there's if there's anything that you're not sure about, you ring us up. You can ask us those questions, and we will give you a straight answer. But also being clear on pricing. Mm-hmm. You know, being clear on what exactly you should do as the business owner. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, this COVID 19s out there. And um, each business owner has to sign a, a, a declaration, which they have to put in the workplace. Now, um, the very first line on that talks about the business owner doing a risk assessment. The government guidance does not give the business owner all the information that they need. They've left some things out. Have they? Right, OK. Right. So if you're working closer than two metres and you haven't got a physical barrier between you, a piece of perspex or something like that, and you're having to work closer than two metres, there's only one mask out there that will protect your staff, and that's an FFP3 face mask. And that's because the size of the micron that you breathe through is two microns, and the COVID-19 virus won't get through that. Right, okay. Right? But then again, your, your staff need to be face fit trained. Now, if they've got stubble, that mask is useless. Right, okay. Yeah. So need to be clean shaven as well then. You need to be so again giving people clear, precise advice. Now you'll get you know we'll get some clients come back and say, well we can't get the masks, Steve. Yeah, I understand that because we can't get the masks either, and, and we're dealing with a company that that buys the most in the UK every year, and they've not got a delivery date on their masks. Right. But again, being clear in your message. Yeah. 
course. making it easy for people to understand you know and also as well you know from my point of view you know there's a lot of things when when i always have problems when when you can't get a price from somebody when when they can't explain what that price covers yeah, so again you know being clear in your pricing so if you're gonna you know from my point of view in the way that we run our business we want people to understand why they're paying that price and what they're getting for it yeah of course and actually what that's as a as a business owner locally who's much younger in business to you to sphere it is something that i really look up to about the transparent pricing system that you've got and the different models and packages are very clear and sort of straightforward as well so that you this is the i don't know what the standards are named but this is the standard and this is what you get and it was interesting for me and an eye-opener because with my background uh working with commercial vehicles for example i'd be specifying it'd be like it was like a technical sales role and one of the things we did was it'd be the last thing we gave was price so i've sort of come from that background so when i first started out i was quite wary about telling people what my prices would be and actually I realise now people were getting frustrated because it wasn't transparent to them. So it felt like I was almost hiding something. I know I wasn't deliberately doing that, but in hindsight, part of what you're saying about can we do things better, that's something I've recognised. You know, I read a book recently, um, They Ask You Answer. And actually, if you're getting asked something regularly, a frequently asked question, and you're getting it asked regularly, you need to get it out there as a blog post or as an Mm. article or something just so that you've got full transparency. Yeah, so, so, you know, I like to turn around and if there is an issue that somebody's got, I like to get it out in the open. You know, what's, what's your problem around putting health and safety into, into the workplace? Well, people will claim, okay? So why would they claim? You know, well, they know more. Yeah, but they can go online and find out if they can claim or not. They can ring somebody up free of charge and find out if they can claim or not. So actually the claim is not the issue at all because it's out there already. And, and everything that we do is already online. You know, if somebody wants to go and research something, they will do. So it's not the claim that's the issue. What is the, what is the, re- well, you know, we'll give, we'll give our stuff information they can use against us. But if you've got a safe workplace, they can't use it against you. Of course. Of course. And that, that's a really strong message for business owners out there, isn't it? Because there used to be this culture of sort of burying your head in the sand and being scared that your staff would know more than you do. But actually, we need to face reality staff do know more than we do and actually it's all out there isn't it the information's out there they've got they've well, got to have professionals to implement implement you the know and, and the other thing is that your staff because they're exposed to your business they probably have a really good idea of how they can help you improve that business yeah. now it might not be a hundred percent of what they talk to you about but there are certainly some things that they can bring into the business which will help you mm. So again, you know, having having that openness, you know, we always talk about a no blame culture in yep. the in the business. Yep. Yeah. So you can bring anything up mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If you think you can do it better, we have a we have a, a, a purple flag system, okay. right? Okay, and that purple flag means that you know I think I can improve the business. Even I do. You know, I'll turn around to the staff and say I've got a purple flag. This is what it is. So leading by example, clear and consistent. What is the purple flag? think we can do better with our crm system bump for where we go let's have a chat let's find out that perfect. type of thing yeah perfect yeah 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 fantastic right well thanks for that steve that that ties up the the second area around being able to do things better so we'll move on to the the, the third thing which is a business model that is robust and stable now that clearly is a very very important part of running a successful business 
Are you okay to elaborate on that a little bit more, please? Yeah, so so from my point of view, again, going from somebody who started this business with no business training and then working... So when I first started, if you went out and gave somebody a policy and risk assessments and method statements, it was a bullet payment, you know, hundreds of pounds, you know, and, and nine times out of ten, well, can you wait three or four months because I'm getting paid and that type of thing. So... Again, listen to our clients. You know, there's a there's a thing in engineering. There's a, a system called Six Sigma, yeah. um, and all the manufacturing companies use it, and it's a way to improve the manufacturing. But there's a thing out there called the voice of the customer. Yeah, all right. And and if you listen to your customers, they will show you how you can improve. Of course. Um, so I then turned around and thought, right, how can I make this so that the the client can see because. I mean, we did really well when we when we when we first started, and we've done well from there. We've got client a client retention rate of something like ninety percent. We only do annual contracts. Of course. Yeah, they know what they're paying for, and it's a monthly payment. Whereas previously, you know, our retention rate wasn't that long mm-hmm. yeah, because it was all single bullet point payments. As soon as I turned around and said, right, we're going to have a, a different business model. So instead of, let's say, for instance, the cost was £500. Instead of you paying that in one go, would you like to pay it over 12 months? Uh, no interest rate. No brainer, yeah, absolutely. And straight away, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll sign up to that. Then we found that having you know, that, them small payments every month meant that we had to do more invoicing. So it cost us a little bit more. But it made us a bit more stable. And people were saying, yeah, yeah, I quite like this, you know, I, I can sign up to that. So then the next thing was, what systems do we need to put in place to actually make this work better? So we went on go cardless and zero. Yes. So, you know, and all our terms and conditions are based on an electronic sign up. So an email, a text, WhatsApp message, direct debit sign up. Then all of a sudden it was like, wow, so now we don't even need to monitor this because go cardless, you can put... 12 invoices on at the same time that come out every month yes. and they collect it and they tell you when somebody hasn't paid which is very low by the way yeah. and then it goes into your bank account four days later so we don't even have to monitor that so again making the business efficient so we're actually stabilizing our income yes yeah that type of thing and then can i do one thing and sell it multiple times um so that was the other side of it so What's, what have we got in the business? Because that is a classic um, that, that most pe- most top businesses do, yeah? And we do that with, with different things throughout the business, yeah? Um, if it's a face-to-face thing, you can't do it once and sell it multiple times. Yeah, of course. But there are other things within the business that you can do. And then listening to the client and thinking, right, what do they really need? Because in health and safety, people do not understand just how liable they are as a business owner. Yeah. If you have somebody coming out to you once a year and telling you that you're doing something wrong, that's a really bad place to be. Yes. If somebody comes out to you twice a year and then tells you, how can we improve this? How can we help you to improve? It's a different way of working. Yes. And, it, and it helps the business owner. And if that business owner can then re- get a telephone call to nudge them to do things within them two visits, then they'll do it. Now, we have some clients that want four, six, 12 visits a year. Some want one visit every two weeks. You know, but again, 
that's what the client requested because once we turned around and gone through what their risks were and explained it to them, bearing in mind that we don't want the business owner to spend any more money than he actually needs to. Of course, yeah. On our product. Yeah. Yeah? Because that way we then provide a really good service at an affordable price. Of course. So again, that can make it really stable. Yeah. And of course, you know, when I was in my when I was in my little in my little bedroom, which was my office then, I had a whiteboard up and on along the top it has I had on there as a question, what happens if my biggest clients leave me? And my business model was driven by that phrase. Right, because if you've got four big clients and one of them leaves you, that's a 25% loss in your earnings. Whereas mm-hmm. if you have 200 clients and four people leave you, yep. it's nowhere near it. Absolutely. And that's what I mean about actually thinking about how can you make your business really stable by listening to your clients and then thinking, how, what do I need to do? Yeah. Now, when we went to a monthly income system, we were told by lots of people that businesses wouldn't sign up to this. Our experience is completely different to that. Yeah. Most people want that system. Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes it invaluable. And actually, it's your, it was your advice to me uh, and your support when I looked for some mentoring, actually, and I've got to thank you for. It's part of the service that I created off the back of that conversation, which was our virtual transport compliance service. So that's where transport operators can sign up to me on a monthly basis and I can virtually support their compliance from a transport operations point of view. And that's been really popular, but also it's given that stability to both me and the customer and it's great value for money for them. So I really appreciate that. And that, that's actually, it's such a good model, the subs- subscription model, to get my mouth around that, uh, that's so important. And, and one of the other things that I've admired that I wanted to raise and actually it's a shout out to somebody that, that I know we both work with and that's Ollie at Arcflux around business automation because when you talk about robust and stability um, Ollie, Ollie's got a great service there hasn't he about helping build automation I was speaking to him the other day and we, we do training and actually the, the trigger point is someone books in and pays for training for example and then they turn up well actually there's a lot of things that can happen in that time to deliver a great service and keep them in touch and then obviously you've got the retention afterwards and actually having a having a really good software system that can help implement that's really really important isn't it yeah and as you go through or as we've gone and, and evolved so so we actually went to ollie when he i remember him sitting in this room talking about what he could do about you know customers and and how they could get feedback and I asked him five or six questions and then the CRM system started to take off because his knowledge and his background and and, and you know we've been really fortunate that that you know we've we've found Ollie um, and Louise and and 360 Freedom and they provide our CRM system which again we're talking to them about so so that we can give them the proper feedback so that he can then turn around and improve his service offering. So if you're in, if you're in a vir- virtuous business area where you've got like-minded people who are giving you input, that information is, com- is so valuable, you just can't put a price on it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's interesting that we round back to that because actually they've added great value to my business uh, and the product, just, to, just so everyone can hear, is Arcflux. And fantastic product but i actually met them at the biscuit yeah. 
So and, and there you yeah. go. So that, that's the importance of the network that you build yeah. around you. As yeah. Well. So 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 the business model being robust and stable. That's a, that's a thing that I always think about. The one thing that that not a lot of business owners really look at when they're in a in a small place it, when it's just them is marketing. Yeah, and if you want to build your business, you have to market in the right way. So um, so my son Edward, um, who did a performing arts and drama degree. Um, came into the business and he thinks differently about things than me I'm very process driven he's a creative if he says he can do something and he tries to explain to me how he does it I haven't got a clue how that works but of course he's very good at his job he's very good Um, and I walked in one day and said um, we're going to run the biggest business event in the east of England next year and the whole team looked at me the jaw dropped you know, the tumbleweed went across the office. <laughs> and Edward said, you're going to do... I said, no, we, we are going to do this. And the biscuit is one of them things where it was a, a light bulb moment. You know, how do we get our message out there from a health and safety point of view? Well, people will only buy health and safety if they absolutely need it. Or... If the directors say this is essential to our business, yes, but people love going to events and they'll buy an event uh, stand quite easily, yes, um, and that's why we put the biscuit together and we gave it a quirky name, yeah, yeah, so that we could do all the marketing points and have some fun around the name. And it's completely when you look at the fun side of it, it's completely different to the health and safety. But the way that we run the company with regards to health and safety and service and value is exactly the same as what we've put into the biscuit. Absolutely. It's yeah. just that it's an event and it's took off to, you know, super proportion. You know, 320-odd exhibitors a couple of years ago, which was difficult to manage, so we've cut it down a bit. Um, if everything goes right with this COVID-19, there will be one in February. Yep. And what we've done is we've said, you know, book your stands. You won't need to pay anything. Until September. Now, we'll take a view in September if September is the right time to to invoice people for this. Yeah. Because we don't know if we're still going to be as we are in February next year. Of course. But we'll we'll have four months to to try and work that out. Yeah. Um, But again, we want to give super value for money, Mm -hmm. you know, for everybody who goes there. Yeah, yeah. I heard heard the other day mentioned you're freezing your prices again next year. Yeah, but again, it's it's trying to help our clients. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, as a new business owner, I've I've um, I've I've gone to the Peterborough Biscuit twice. It's a it's a great platform to meet other Peterborough businesses. There's many of them in the room, and then it's not only the exhibitors. The value is obviously in the exhibitors as well, but actually, you get a massive footfall as well of other people coming to visit and check out the small businesses in Peterborough for suppliers. Uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity so anyone listening who's interested definitely recommend getting in touch with Edward at Sphere for that so the, the fourth area that we were discussing was um, having an easy to understand key performance indicators that are visible so that, that links in quite nicely to the conversation we were just having around CRM too um, but yeah what, what sort of key performance indicators do you measure how do you make them visible Steve? So um, we've got a sales board next door in the office so we track all our um, sales that's done virtually daily. Somebody comes in. I mean, we've had four come in this month. We'll probably convert three of them. Yeah. We've got a CRM system from Artflux, which is very easy to use, very easy to understand. 
super user friendly. I mean, the the, the pipeline, the, the pipeline that that Arlie's put together and that Edwards put together, um, is really easy to use. That's got some automation in it anyway, mm-hmm. um, which again feeds out. Again, doing that thing once that feeds out into the consultants. So when a client goes live, Edwards already put in through the business automation who it's going to. So Edward spends about 20 minutes doing that, and then that's it for the year. Yep. You know, um, and again, talking with Ollie, Ollie then, you know, comes back and asks us questions about what are the functions we think we'd use and future-proofing it and, you know, that type of thing. Yep. Um, and, and a CRM system was something that I knew I needed, but nobody could explain to me what the benefits were to the business. Of course, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's a customer relation management system. Well, I haven't got a clue what that means because they're talking in jargon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, a, a CRM system is, is really simple. I can put all my clients in one place. Yeah. I know exactly what my sales are. I know exactly what my prospects look like on there. I can follow them up. I've got yeah. all my contact information in one place. Yeah. And it makes it really easy for me to actually turn around and the system tells me. So it sends me an update every day. So it nudges me into doing things. Yeah. You know, if I've got to call a prospect, it'll help me do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you don't have to remember things. And and our brains are only a certain size. The more we try and remember, the more our brain gets fogged. And we need to, I mean, I'm a man, you know, I need to keep my brain as clear as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 t- I totally agree. The value of having uh, the system, a system in place and a CRM system is invaluable. And it, it's important because you can so easily measure business performance off the back of it as well. I speak to other business owners who I say to them, well, what, what sales targets do you need? And then, and then the next question is, well, how many prospects do you need to be able to achieve those sales targets? What's your conversion ratio? And then we sort of work our way through talking about their funnel. And actually, they've got no idea that there is even a funnel. Well, how do you know whether you need to do marketing to pour more in the top? How do you know yeah. if you need to work on your yeah. service to make sure that you're retaining? Yeah. So Where, where's your leaky bucket? So, so we know, um, we know full well that sixty percent of everybody who comes into us comes in through the web, yeah. and forty percent through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also know that you know about thirty percent of our income each month is ad hoc services from our current clients, yeah. who are asking for extras. Of course. You know, so when you've got that information, it's very powerful. Yes. You know, we know what our conversion rates are, yep. you know, we know and, and we know what we need to do to get them conversion rates up or down. Yeah. So, you know, from a from a pure systems processes driven you know, person, yeah, I know exactly what we need to do. And the other thing is it means that your staff can be put on there and they know exactly what they've got to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And they don't have to remember things either. No. That yeah. that's powerful, isn't it? That's powerful yeah. when you've got a reminder and task system you can be confident that there's nothing there's nothing going to be missed from a task point of view yeah, yeah. so my, my business you know everybody talks about knowing your business numbers we know what we need to bring in every month to cover all our costs make the profit that we want to that, that we want to make yeah and actually turn around and grow the business we yeah. know those numbers mm. yeah full stop and we know what our costs are, we know what our overheads are. And, you know, if, if, if you've got all them in place and something pops up, which looks a little bit expensive, but in reality isn't that expensive based on your numbers, yep. you can then make the decision about, I want to go, 
I want to go and get that. Of course, and 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 that's uh, that's one of the challenges I think that um, small and newer businesses face. When I when I worked previously for for a large company, I knew the numbers that the business was quite established. And actually, when I when I started out with flagship, I had I had a lot of headaches because I I didn't know what my conversion rate would be. I didn't know where my customers had come from, and uh, actually going into my second third year. I would say to anyone out there that's listening, it's very important to really get those measurements in early and, and start to understand where are your customers coming from, what's your attention, what's your conversion from you know inquiry to business and what's that business worth. It's, it's such a vital part of being able to get some stability, I suppose, behind the numbers and understanding where your marketing is as well. Like you say, it's very good. I, I couldn't tell you to, to the degree that you've just said it about where those clients come from that's so, such an important part isn't it yeah and and again from, from from my point of view we use what's called a blended marketing approach so edward's trying to put on or he was before for this we was going to put on a, a marketing seminar um with those words in it just one channel doesn't work Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, we've got websites, we've got social media, we've got LinkedIn, we've got the biscuit, we've got face to face, you know, we can we can carry on. We've got about 13 different ways that we market yep. sphere and we know what our marketing spend on that is. Some costs us nothing. Yes. All right. And if you're starting off. Um, or you're only in you're within sort of the first three years of set, setting your business up, which is the hardest. Then, as long as soon as you find something that works, you need to hammer that route. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's working, and you will get busy, and you'll be pulling your hair out if you've got any, um, <laughs> simply because you know now I'm busy. And what happens with small businesses is they get busy, they drop off their marketing, and now they're looking for new work. Well, you've got to keep your marketing going. You've got to do that marketing to keep it going, because then you can grow. Then you might be able to employ somebody, you know. And that and 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 the one thing about it is, if you don't do any, you know, the the one thing that really does, I find really difficult. Um, when I first started my business up, we did our marketing with a company called Yelp. And Yell had a big A4 booklet, you know, that was two and a half inches thick that came round, yeah, with every business in it. And people said, well, Yell markets my business. Well, they did then because it went through somebody's front door. As soon as everything went on the web, as you know, the, the web and, you know, Yell now do a web based booklet. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, all those people that pay into Yell would be much better off having their own website and learning about how to do some basic marketing, which won't take them less than half a day, so that they can then just keep marketing their product better. Because all Yell is is a platform. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. No, fantastic, thank you. That moves us nicely on to uh, the the fifth area, Steve, which is around monitoring and internal internal audit ties in quite nicely with KPI. So tell me a bit more about how you sort of monitor and audit your systems. Yeah, so so this is a bit sort of um, very sort of fusty in its way, monitoring an internal audit. So what I do every week is I check what my key performance indicators look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even through this process now, um, with with COVID hitting everything and 
and you know certain income streams dropping off but other ones actually increasing we can look at our kpis and see what they look like so that we can then make a decision you know so so for me you know sales i didn't expect to do any sales in this time period yes we've done quite a lot of sales in this time period it's brilliant yeah brilliant yeah you know getting out and talking to people about their about the service that we can give them again i wasn't expecting anybody to ring up and say steve can you do this for me can you do that we've done that as well you know internal audit for me is also about the physical workplace the equipment that we've got you know the training that the the consultants need you know it's all about how do you make those people that you employ better at what they do and I always think back to when the Twin Towers got hit back in 2001, was it? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. And most internal airlines in America uh, made their staff redundant. But there was a... Com- uh, uh, Southwestern Airlines didn't. They brought all their staff in. Mm-hmm. They told them, we're not going to make you redundant. We're going to train you because you're going to be the face of our airline and you're going to increase the sales for us and they told them how they were going to do it and they were told them how they'd be rewarded and southwestern airlines took over the whole of america amazing yeah different mindset yeah absolutely you know thinking about people because Mm -hmm. everybody says people buy from people they do Mm. but you have to be credible in the way that you do things yeah so again you know we've had all of our websites revamped in this time period yeah which hasn't been a lot of money you know we've had two new clients come in that's paid for it so again having that long-term view about well it cost me x amount to get the website done now yeah but really i want to be paying for that over three years yes it's already paid for itself amazing yeah yeah fantastic isn't it so you can and, and again you know the monitoring bit for us is is there's so many different things in the business it's can we do that any better yeah and if we can what do we need to do yeah and to be fair, this is probably almost too late advice for some of the businesses out there, but I've acute, been acutely aware of companies that have continued to push and evolve during this time, even though it's been there's been adversity and there's been challenge, one of which has been, you know, I've looked on and seen the, the things that you've been doing as well. I've seen that Edward's been doing a lot on Facebook and the new website's launched, etc. So you've been making, uh, making the uh, investment there. But actually some businesses have gone, do you know what we're just going to furlough everyone and stop stop production stop marketing etc and uh, i think uh, they're going to face some challenges over the coming months yeah, as well yeah yeah so so this is the i think this is this is the bit where you know edward you know we I had a chat with edward um, edward gave his input so you know we've been given a lot of free free advice away and we will do anybody can send us their email and we'll send them if they tell us where they work we will send them a free covid-19 risk assessment yeah, because at it's the brilliant. end of the day, everybody needs to get on board with this. Business needs to grow once we come out of this. And we can't do that by holding back information, mm. especially something as serious as that. Now, you know, they, we don't usually send out Word documents that are unprotected. Of course, yeah. But we do on this because we know every workplace is different. Yes. So they can get a COVID-19 risk assessment on a Word format and they can change it to suit themselves because yeah. that's what the business owner needs to do yeah. it will have everything on it that they need mm-hmm. more than what's in the government's guidance yes but it's up to the business owner you know so so we've been giving quite a few of them away giving a lot of business advice away 
on health and safety um, and I had somebody ring up the other day and I said look I said I don't really want to send you a proposal through because you're not working at the moment you know but if you do this this and this that will help you going forward when you're in a position where you may need it or may not need it depending on what happens come back to us we'll have another chat perfect yeah and that's fantastic value isn't it and that you've got to have the confidence of that what goes around will come around yeah and you know from from my point of view we 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 only work with companies that want to improve Mm -hmm. the ones that you know it's a tick box exercise and we're not really too bothered about it we don't work with them that's uh that's that's an important part of what you do absolutely uh fantastic so that leads us on to number six which is our, our last action point uh which is around reviewing and updating so um how do you how do you review what you're doing how do you decide what to do to update and move forward so the interesting thing i did some training today on microsoft teams with a large construction company and we was talking about targets and i asked a very simple question there now there was some very financially focused people on this on this training mm-hmm. and i said if my target this year is to make from a construction site 250,000 pounds worth of profit and i make 249,000 pounds worth of profit have I failed? It's a very valid question. <laughs> Have I failed? And that kicked off one hell of a conversation okay. around about well, if that's you know, and if that's what your KPI is, and that's what the board want, and, and this and that and this and that. Well, quite obviously, you've succeeded, haven't you? Because you've made two hundred and forty-nine. Now, if I'd have only made one thousand pounds worth of profit, so Absolutely. so for me, this is about looking pragmatically. At what happened this year mm-hmm. so there has been there has been stages in our business life where we haven't made a lot of profit but the business has grown dramatically and one of those is where you're sitting at the moment mm-hmm. so we had a five-year business plan six weeks into that five-year business plan we were told by our then landlord that we had eight weeks to move out which threw the business plan up in the air a bit and we ended up coming here. Now, this training room that we're sitting in was supposed to come in in year two. Yeah. And the, the different licenses, we had the managing safely and the working safely, but the different licenses were going were to be between year two and year three. So literally eight weeks into that five year plan, we'd got to year two in training. That's incredible. Okay. So then, so again, you know, now we didn't make a lot of profit that, that year because we did yeah. things. So we increased the size of the training room. We, we bought equipment for the training room. We had to kit out the, the, the office that we had, you know, that type of thing. But what we'd done is we'd improved the business. And lots of people look at things in very short terminology rather than looking at what was the business like. Now, in that year, we grew our client base by something like 22%. So I always think about when you look at things, can we look at this in a balanced way? So in manufacturing, they have what's called a balanced scorecard. Yes. So all your actives and all your reactives come on, on, on a balanced scorecard. And where are we? And what you need to do is you need to do that um, on a regular basis, you know, at least annually, six monthly if you're going through, you know, tremendous growth or if you're losing, you know, so that you can actually turn around and try and take that step back. Yes. So then you can turn and say, well, have we improved? Well, financially, we haven't. Business-wise and stability-wise, wow. And then the next year, you get your knock-on. 
Yes. So again, it's it's having that that system. And if you look at the way that the Germans do business, they'll buy bits of kit and pay for them over sort of five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Yeah. In this country, we want to get our money back in three. Yes. You know. So again, it's it's how how do you set your business up? And the, and if you think about your business and the, the different streams of income, so there's a bit of a temple. Yeah, and the columns are your different streams of income and you've got to hold the roof upon your temple because yep. if it collapses, your business is gone. The more streams of income, the more pillars you can put in and the fatter they are, so the more income that they bring in, mm-hmm. the better you'll be. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so if you've got four pillars and they're extremely fat and you lose one, it's going to collapse. Yep. If you've got eight pillars of roughly the same size and one falls out, the roof will stay up. Of course, yeah. So again, using those type of analogies. So, so when we look at how do we review and update? So what can we grow by reasonably? So this year, we're not looking to do any growth at all. In January, we were. We were looking at about 8%. Okay. And we was well on target for that. Probably beating it by quite a lot. But we're not looking for any any growth this year at all. If we can stabilise where we are, look after the people we've got, train the staff up to be better, that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Give, the, give our clients a super service. Bearing in mind that some clients have rung us up and said, Steve, we're not getting any income in at all. So we've just frozen them. We're not taking any payments from those. Because it's not right for me to ask for payment for companies that are not bringing in any money. I understand, yeah. How can we improve? Well, we've already improved. We've done websites. We've got the CRM system from Artflux in. Mm -hmm. We're already improving those systems. We've got, um, we're using Microsoft Teams. Yeah. You know, so we're doing... We're doing training, mm-hmm. you know, and we've got a new, uh, a couple of new training courses in this year. The IOSH Safety, Health and Environment for Construction Workers and Construction Managers. Brilliant, yeah. You know, so again, you know, that they, and they will be UK leaders. Okay. They will overtake the CITB systems. Yeah. Um, how can we help our staff? What training do they need? Yeah, and how can we help them to understand how they can do their job better, right, and make it easier for them to understand? Yeah, so what systems and processes, so putting Artflux in, yep. which means that the guys can literally, they're coming in the morning, I've got four tasks that I need to do this week. Great stuff, click, away they go. Perfect, yeah. And it's up to them then to put it into the system. So this isn't a you've got to do it by five o'clock today, because if, if one of them's a site visit and the client says, I can't do anything at the moment, great, can we put it off for a couple of months then and yes. then I'll come back to you. So they just change the date on it yes. and away it moves it forward. Yep. How can we further help our clients? You know, so we're open to, you know, as long as our clients aren't outrageous in what they're asking for, then we'll help them in any way, shape or form that we can. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. And, uh, and, and I guess sort of the final one to tie up then is how can you be the very best at what you do in your sector? So, so we don't chase the money. Yeah, we want to give a fantastic service. And if we give a fantastic service, we will be the best in our sector. Yeah, and, and quite a lot of people don't quite understand what that means. Um, but it's quite interesting. I was going through this with Gary, who's a new consultant with us on the on the board over there. Mm-hmm. So we've got a whiteboard up there with one, the numbers 1, 4, 15, 60 and 20. So when businesses start off, and, and, I, and I did this, I looked at the businesses around me and said, how can I be as good as them? When in reality, we shouldn't be doing that. Because 20% of all businesses in any sector are failing. Yeah. 60% are only just getting by. Yeah. The next 15% are doing all right. They're making a bit of a profit and growing. Yeah. Then above that, there's 4% they're doing very, very well. 
and there's one percent that's absolutely the best in the marketplace yeah so when you look at your business people tend to look at what their local surrounding competition is we need to be looking at the one fours and fifteens and saying where do we want to be and how can we get there and then learning from them because if you can learn from them you won't make as many mistakes as you're going to make by trying to do it yourself that's fantastic and actually for those that can't see I am looking at the board and it, it's it's very insightful actually and it's very very true as well so yeah fantastic I uh, I might take a picture of that before I, I leave yeah by all means <laughs> yeah not a problem at all but add it to the post yeah yeah um, the one thing I have done is I've I've learned through business that the, the information is out there you just need to find people who will give you the information in a format that you like so when I went from being a one-man band solopreneur nothing wrong with that at all if you want to stay there that's perfectly fine if you want to grow your business you need to learn from people who have been there and done it I find that you know organizations like the entrepreneur circle things like that they know They've been there, they've done it. They've got lots of people who will share knowledge with you. You know, I went to see James Kahn in London. I had a fantastic day learning from him. You need to find people who will help you. So if somebody said to me, Steve, can you improve my business? I would say, I don't know. If you're in compliance, in any type of compliance, I would say probably yes. If you're in manufacturing, I would say probably yes. If you're in construction, I would say probably yes. But other areas warehousing, logistics. I can tell you from a health and safety point of view how we can improve your business, but I couldn't tell you how to improve your business in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just to sort of uh, uh, finalise uh, our interview, thank you very much, Steve, would be uh, who's your perfect client? What do they look like? And how do they get in touch with you? So my perfect client is anybody who wants to improve and values people who gives them simple, plain, concise advice. Yeah, now that can be in manufacturing, can be in construction, can be professional services, accountants, solicitors. Can It can be a small business that wants to improve. I mean, it's quite interesting. Joe Valente, when he, before he went on Alan Sugar's programme, The Apprentice, came to us and said, can you help me build my business? And we put the health and safety systems into, into that business, which meant that it jumped him above quite a lot of others. In Peterborough of the same size. And there isn't a lot of cost in there for what he got back for that. So again, it's having that mindset of how how can I improve? The one thing that, that people tend not to understand is that we like to make our client's client happy. So by making our client happy and putting in the health and safety systems, their clients then get more trust and confidence in their supplier who then tends to move up the ladder and price then is not the usual primary driver into them being employed. So, yeah. so improving their reputation. So any type of business that wants to get to that position, they're our absolute prime sort of um, avatar for what we're looking for. Fantastic. And uh, how, how do people listening get in touch with you, Steve? So they can come in straight through the website. So that's Sphere, S-P-H-E-R-E, uh, R-H-S-M.co.uk. That's our website. Or they can ring into the office, 01733 286070. Uh, if you go on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Stephen Smith, Sphere. Or they can go on the Biscuit website, Peter yep. Biscuit website, and, and go on the contact form on that and get in touch with us like that. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate Thanks, it. Yeah, thank you. Great. Thank you. Cheers.
Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. Please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on LinkedIn or on Facebook, follow Flagship Training UK and you can find us on YouTube too at Flagship UK. Flagship UK.